Welcome to Story Talking, episode 10. This episode, my guest is a uh, fake name. And now her real name is Sarah, and she's a unique guest. Um, so if you remember episode, I think episode 6 was uh, Lucy, who is the art director who does all the artwork for Lanchora. And uh, she was the first person that was from Insider Team that I did the podcast with. And Sarah is is another member of the Lonchora family. This recording is uh, just two days after she got she came on board as an intern to help me out, uh, basically, so that I can read as many more stories and, and have a better understanding of what every, everything that's going on on Lonchora. So... As you guys know, that I can't always be be around using the platform so that I can do other things like this and and focus on what to do next for the community. So uh, we brought in Sarah to be be my reader, to be my eyes and ears, as I call it. So she she reads stories, she shares them, the ones that she wants me to check out with me. Uh, she helps out people on the garage, so yeah, she's, I I think she's a brilliant writer, really funny, and uh, you can read her story, it's called Mayday, in the upcoming issue of The Storyteller, and her listen story was uh, uploaded earlier this week, and that's called uh, A Gollum Reimagined, and this is a fun fact, so if you listen to this podcast, I would suggest listening to the listen story again after that because it will give you some idea about what the listen story was about. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. All right, so here is episode 10 of Story Talking with Fake Name, a.k.a. Sarah. Now, you are a, a unique guest because... You're, you've just been hired to be an intern here. Yep. You are two days into the job. Yep. And we just, we've met once before, just two days ago. Hmm. And so tell me about, tell me about your, your experience so far. How was I as, as, and as a new boss? Oh, my friends really like you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. They're like, wow, your boss is so chill. How do they, what do you mean? Like, you, about the interview, you told them about the interview part? Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, well, my friends are nice. Nicer than I am. Are you nice to them? Of course. Okay. So that's, from their perspective, you're a nice person. Perspective. Yeah. yeah. It's mm. all relative in the end. <laughs> True. Mm, then I get to interact with a lot of people, which is pretty nice since I'm pretty alone. But leaving that aside, I'm super not bitter about it. Can you tell I'm bitter about being alone? I'm not bitter. No, no. I am bitter. <laughs> yeah. I like it when people respond to my comments because it's like, wow, somebody knows I exist. That's great. <laughs> hmm. And when did you... Actually, how did you find Launchora? I like asking people that. I googled 
sites to publish stories on. Really? Was, yep. There was Wattpad and I was like, nope, never writing on Wattpad. And then there was something else which had a super cluttered site and I was like, you have too much going on. And there was Launcher and I was like, wow, such a nice layout. Wow. They have this thing where they publish 15 stories every three months. Okay, let's write. So then I just wrote. And this was, then when was this? A few months ago, right? Two, three months ago, I'd say. Okay. Mm-hmm. And had you ever shared anything somewhere else before? No. No. I and tried writing a blog once, but nah. blogs aren't for me. So, the story you wrote, the first story you wrote was about the guy who collects buttons in the park. Yep. And... Did you write, already have that written when you yep. found Launcher? Yep, I had that written previously. So, I had that written when I was 16. Yeah, when I was 16, going on 17, because they had a statewide storytelling competition and I submitted it for that. So, then they called me for the national round and I was like, yay! So, I just posted that because I was like, I don't have anything else right now. Well, that's good. Yeah. How did you um, how did you feel after writing that first story though? Was this the first story you've ever written or have you written before this? Mm, not really. I've told stories before this. I don't really write. I okay. didn't really write to be you more of a you were just telling stories to friends and yeah. family, just I'm a better experience in person. Okay. That's because I can I do inflection on the voices. <laughs> and you're still like this is writing is easier than doing this. Yeah. <laughs> well, so you should be good in the listen story. I haven't heard it yet because we haven't. Because it doesn't you haven't, exist. You yet. haven't recorded it yet. Yeah. But usually, I would like I would talk about it in this mm. part of the podcast. But I guess we'll just yeah. we'll both be surprised when it comes out because <laughs> this this will come out on the Saturday after that Tuesday. Oh, okay. You would have written it already and performed it already. Oh, okay. No pressure. When was so? When was that first feeling for you that I'm gonna tell a story, even if it was just with friends or something? Mm, I don't know. As a child, I just liked stories, so I just told stories. Though in some cases it's called lying, and it's not recommended. Unless you're a good liar, in which case, go ahead. Yeah. So when I, was that? I wanted to post stories simply because I needed somebody to know that I exist. Yeah. Well, even if you have like a billion friends and the, the, the probability of all of them being busy at the same time, that's a pretty high probability contrary to expectations. So <laughs> if you're just all alone in your house and there's nobody around, it's sort of like if a tree falls in a forest and no one's around to hear it, does it make a sound? Yeah. So I just wanted to make a sound without the sound perhaps. Okay. So... When you are, when you're doing that thing of actually putting words together that some would call a lie and you call a story, we call a story, uh, did you, what sense of sensation did you feel after having done it? After like you told that first story? How do you feel after like the publish button? Mm, feelings are a tough question to answer. I'm pretty empathetic as such, so I don't feel much. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. 
regrettably. Well, if you feel regret, then you do feel something. Yeah, I feel regret. I feel sadness. Yeah. Okay. I feel disappointment. Those are actually very strong feelings. Yeah, but I don't yeah. feel the important ones. So, if you are feeling these things, how do you see this process of storytelling for you? Is it does it help you? How does it help you? Does it help you? ignore these feelings does it help you kind of heal with these feelings or mm. is it just a way to distract yourself mm. for a few hours a day no that's not what it is it's more like you sort of give the experience to somebody else and then it's their experience it's still there you aren't forgetting it you aren't forgiving it but it's not yours anymore so instead of ignoring those feelings or burying them deep down in the recesses yeah. of your mind you give them the attention they ask for and then you disassociate disassociate so <laughs> they're no longer yours and then do they become less powerful because mm. mm. they because you're not their only mm, not target. less powerful but they stop asking for attention they stop being like you know the other did this happened you're going to be just like yeah i know it happened to somebody else <laughs> it's great Yeah, cool. There was a I was reading about this theory by the Carl Jung who was Freud's protege but then became his own sensation. Uh he had this theory about the shadow and how all of us potentially have this 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 character within ourselves within our personality that is our shadow which is the unseen part of ourselves that is that has a lot of pretty much what we would consider or society would consider to be the worst of us and how well I read that and then but then I heard it from a different perspective because this I was listening to this other podcast where the guy was talking about how it took him years and years to fall in love with his shadow and to nurture it and to almost treat it like a child within himself who he had to feed and who he had to nourish and in order to accept that this is who this is also a part of me now you are 18 something 18 years 6 months and 6 days okay how do you feel so far as an adult about this part of you that you're working on you're are you nourishing it are you ignoring it in the shadow possibly if there's a sh- that shadow character is in you all i've noticed is once the clock ticked midnight on my 18th birthday for some reason all my dark feelings weren't angst anymore and <laughs> they were right because yeah. right because you you had to technically yeah. become a grown up yep so it wasn't oh my god stop being so angsty stop being such an angsty teenager it's like oh so you're feeling these things we need to get help Like I was feeling them ten hours ago too. <laughs> Nothing has changed. Okay. In that way, aging is a weird yeah. is a weird thing because we're technically aging every day, but we mark one day of the year mm, to be the day we feel either great or horrible, and then we can get back to being normal, mm. hopefully normal for the remaining year. How do you feel about the now that you are technically an adult? Technically. <laughs> Where do you where do you want to take 
yourself as you go. Is this one of those questions? What are your dreams in life? No, not really. This is more like I want you to project whatever you want into that question, and then I'll I'll pretend like that was what I asked. <laughs> no, like how do you? Could be a therapist. How do you feel about? <laughs> I've written about therapy. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, I don't need a degree to write a character who's a therapist. That's why I didn't do anything else. That's why I didn't do anything else. That's why I didn't get real degrees. <laughs> I can just write characters who do that. True, true, true. What would you need a degree to write about? No. Uh, so what was the question? How do I? Where am I going? Where do you Where do you think you're going? Outside of the state, hopefully. Okay. You mean this? You mean physically the state you live in physically, right now? Physically, yes. Yeah, or is there like a mental state also? <laughs> Too real. Yeah. yeah, there is. I don't know. It's like um, when you think about getting better. It's like if I do get better, what if there's nothing else to me? What if this is all that I am? So it's like, should I get better after all? Because if I get better and there's nothing else to me, who am I? Yeah. So you were right about that identity crisis, but then again, who doesn't have an identity crisis at eighteen? Yeah. Most of us do. Yeah. Except most of us is like, should I get a pizza or should I get a pizza with pineapple on and betray everything I have ever stood for in my life? No, if I get better, then what if not being better was all that there was to me as a character? Yeah. If the villain stops being a villain, then what is he? Is he just? I think that's a question that movies will rarely be able to ask because, you know, movies give you this impression that life is uh, life is the peaks of everything. Mm-hmm. They never show your character really going to the bathroom when he's fighting in these action sequences because that's not something you want to see in those two hours. So they'll only show you the best and they'll make sure the villain looks like a villain throughout. And sometimes they'll give you a side of the villain that makes you relate to them but who but in the end who really wants to relate to the villain because that i relate to the villains a lot in movies i i i see why they want to destroy the world <laughs> or particularly one person's life i get it do you th- i mean the what you're talking about that that's like the the artists uh the darkness of of an artist right we you see all these people who especially musicians and and actual painters and and sometimes actors like they they embody all these emotions and they're always feeling something that's why they're they're com- making art out of it and then you sometimes think that okay did his music get worse when he went to rehab you know and then i think okay he must feel so bad about this because the world thinks his music got worse when he got went to rehab but i don't know if i'm not sure if maybe that's kind of the thing about the whole personal cost of creating to creating something you know you're you're spending you're spending something to make something that lasts outside of you but and the, beyond but the you but the thing you're spending you have no way of earning it back no so is it not really, really. Worth it then? Well, maybe you can earn something else. But it isn't what I want to earn. <laughs> so, your story about buttons. 
is about this guy who um he's people, pretty loopy yes he he hangs around uh kids park yep community park yep and he's wearing clothes made entirely out of buttons yep so just that imagery i think was enough to get me to read the whole thing really it was cuz i'm imagining a car a clown i was imagining a clown the entire time oh my God. yeah <laughs> okay because he's he's full of color these yeah, buttons are black and white true true you know and his character is sad like a clown true like, but he doesn't have any face makeup no skin yeah, yeah that's fine that's fine yeah but you wrote the story and now it's mine like you said you know mm. it becomes mine too and i can project how i feel mm. so how did you um when you were writing about him as does he show up and tell you what to do as you're typing it or are you trying to solve some puzzle in your head and your words is like you going through that puzzle neither that say i just want to tell his story okay yeah so it's like i had written a two sentence prompt when i was 15 and then near later i was like i was searching desperately for ideas to write about because I had, my deadline was in 2 hours and yeah. i had nothing so i saw the prompt on my ipad and i was like hey so the prompt was basically um, something about it's a line from the story something about how the buttons were his favorite as they were the magpies and i was like hey yeah. i can write about this so then i just okay. wrote about that for an hour and then i submitted it so um, while i was writing i didn't know that i was going to have a loopy old man covered with buttons in the story okay yeah i showed up later yeah i had uh, the preliminary character the girl was it a guy i didn't really decide if it the was interviewer yeah i didn't decide if it was a girl or a guy i don't think i'm sure yeah i don't think that was yeah, that was no made apparent mentioned. yeah yeah specifically because yeah could be anyone it could yeah. be a potato who spoke and we can't trust you because you're fake name yep yeah except like if you're here in this we know you're a girl yeah you should or, be able to tell or a guy with who sounds like this a guy with a really high pitched voice <laughs> i won't monopolize on that i yeah. would go sing soprano okay anyway <laughs> where is that right so but then when the interviewing character she wore or he wore overalls i was like so if she's wearing overalls okay let's write about buttons now so then i wrote i don't know i don't know how it works it just works yeah it sounds pretty disjointed when i look at it yeah which is why i don't look at it <laughs> you don't really read something once you've written it I read it right I check it for grammar right but then you're no longer like in writer mode yeah you're not even a reader you're just going through it in a technical way yep i'm good at grammar okay no i'm really good at grammar i write how did you get good at grammar i used to read a lot and i picked things up very quickly so i had one internship which was writing uh answers and question papers for people giving the banking exams in india right i know right and i was like i'm 18 <laughs> and i'm doing this for you <laughs> except th- th- there seems to be a slight anyway it was easy 
When did you start reading? When I was six years old. Because really? yeah, because um, so my parents have always been super busy, right? So they never used to read to me or tell me stories as such, which isn't really their fault, and it yeah. doesn't really matter, right? But when my grandparents used to visit, I used to bug them to death to tell me stories because that was sort of thing. So that's that's the sort of the thing the grandparents do best, right? Because yeah. they're, they're pretty old, so they can't go around. That's what that's what movies tell you that that's what grandparents do. They yeah. come and tell you bedtime stories and stuff. Yeah, basically. Yeah. No, I used to sleep with. Them. I used to make them tell me stories till they fell asleep, and then I used to be like, oh, right. the old person is asleep. I too <laughs> shall sleep. Anyway, so. I am vehemently against. So is that so? That's when you found books because you yeah. could pretend exactly. like it's not you, it's not TV, but you still get to yeah. escape. So I still get. But then, then I discovered that I had a good imagination. So I was like, ah, books are great. Oh my god! Except my parents used to buy me one book a month. Oh, that's not enough. No. You're, you're like a book a day person. Sort of, yeah. So that was the thing. Then I started. Asking for pocket money when I was in fourth grade, right? That's why I'm super good at fractions because of the discounts on books. Yeah. Then I started reading books. I started with Enid Blyton because, of course, I started with Enid Blyton because my father liked. He was like, "She's great. She's a classic for children." Yeah. Except for some reason, he thought that Famous Five was for elder children. And I was like, "Not I'm, really. I'm ready for it already." <laughs> so then I just. I would not read it as an adult. It, of course you wouldn't. No. The stories are simplistic. I read Hardy Boys as a kid. A oh, I read, I read those too. Yeah, those were fun. I did everything. Yeah. <clears throat> so once they started giving me pocket money, I just basically went to town. I never read Harry Potter though. That's okay. He's uh, he's after. By the time you were born, Harry Potter had already come out. The first book. I mean that's true for anything any Blyton wrote as well. No, but Harry Potter was more of a phenomenon for the kids that grew up with it. Technically, we grew up with the movies, so everyone yeah. my age has read it. Like I was the same age as the movie characters whenever the movie was. Oh yeah, out. that must have been nice. So I was seventeen when. No, I was the same age as the book characters. Oh okay. Not the movie because the movie was every two years. Mm-hmm. I was 17 when the last book came out. So okay. and there was a book every year pretty much mm-hmm. I think. So Yeah, that happened. Yeah, I was the exact same age. That happened with Percy Jackson for me like he was 11 when he started out and I started reading him when I was 11 yeah. and then when he was giving his essays I was giving my essays and I was like <laughs> Percy has grown up life is sad. If you were um if you were reading all these things since you were six like how did you feel about the idea of someday you being the person who someone else is reading like that thing is ever since i was little you you have a whole host of people telling you what to do yeah. right because it's like if you're the eldest child and if you're in a nation household they already have your whole life planned out for you my name was picked because one they didn't want me to be teased that didn't work out because a mall called sahara mall opened when i entered school and yeah great try explaining the difference between sahara and sahara to a bunch of 4 year olds they yeah. do not get it yeah right so that didn't work out and the other they reason, spent they said more syllables to make fun of you yeah wow 
yeah the effort they put in yeah and uh, my kindergarten teacher was like just let it in one year and out the other i did it for everything else the teacher said <laughs> that is the one of the worst pieces of advice i think yeah, we're I told as children this in one yeah. year and out the other okay i think and girls then, are told that way more than guys yeah because they have to yeah well, like, follow that then again if, you, if somebody was teasing a guy and he went ahead like a four year old kid and he went yeah. ahead and bashed the other guy's head the teacher would just be like Oh my god you went but if i did it i they were like oh my god he's a psychopath yeah yeah though i did run a mafia when i was 10 please continue <laughs> continue uh, no what was i talking about before that no 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 let's let's go with this tangent <laughs> right so oh uh, i did mention that i was at the top of my class correct right? yes. so i didn't mention exactly to what extent Not only was I straight A's, I was also in the choir. I played an instrument, and I was in all those debates and math uh, olympiads and stuff like that. Okay. There was an instance where we had like a group sort of inter inter class competition, and at the end of it, the judge almost disqualified our team because she was like, uh, "Your team." It was like six people. It was like your group seemed less like a team and more like a one man army with Sara as the leader. Yeah. And I got death glares from everyone around me. This was when I was nine, right? So we have this whole person who's basically, an, and then I used to read books in my free time. Yeah. I had two pigtails too, just to cap the whole. Sure. I'm a nerd person. Yeah. That was because I liked long hair back then, right? Mm, so you have this sort of your cliche nerd person out there, and they look like easy meat. I will give you that. They look like easy meat, except I wasn't. Okay. So basically, when people started teasing me, like when they discovered, oh, we can also pick on this person. So when they started teasing me when I was nine, I was like, hmm, I can either take this because I have a high tolerance for annoying people, right? I can either take this or I can teach them a lesson. So then I made a bunch of people cry. Okay. On a daily basis, and, and then you made it into a business, a mafia business. Sort of. I yeah. somehow got minions. By the time I was ten, and it was basically like well, people follow the alpha. Those who don't know, so that's good. Yeah, but I was a short ten-year-old. Sure, but I mean, alpha is a well, is I mean, a is a thing in you. It's not. It's not a physical attribute. <laughs> so by the time I was ten, not only did I have minions to do my bidding, and this is as a ten-year-old in elementary school, right? Yeah. My name was said with fear. Running through it, so right. uh, random girls used to come up to me and be like, "You're so proud of me." I'm like, "I don't even know you. Why are yeah. you proud of me?" Though the one thing I never did. So here's the thing about minions: they like chasing people down and then holding them still for you to come and deal with them. I was like, "Do oh, I look?" Yeah, wow. I was like, "Do I look incapable of doing it myself?" And I never really hit people unless they hit me first, and I never tattled. Sure, so that was always a thing. Okay. So, so you were a reliable person to yeah. to follow. Yep. And that's I mean that's the that's the not the herd mentality because they have to be more than a couple to be a herd. Basically. But if you make them feel like they just need to follow a certain set of instructions, they don't really think beyond that set of instructions to see like okay, what are we supposed to do now? The leader is going to talk. The leader is going to do her thing. Yeah, thankfully we shifted to a different branch when I turned eleven because I was getting tired of this whole sure. thing. Sure. Yeah, right? you could see your life ahead of you, and it was a life of crime <laughs> or trying to get away with crime. Mm, 
wouldn't have been. I'm smarter than that. Well, you would have. That's why you would not get caught. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. So it's not crime if you don't get caught, is it? Yes, well, is it no. Crazy? If you consider it to be morally right, it can be morally wrong, but is it yeah. legally? But if it no, if it's you consider it morally right, then it doesn't matter. Precisely. Yeah. Well, anyway, we shifted to a different branch, and ran, and it's like some people were still like, so aren't you that person? I was like, what are you talking about? Look at me, so innocent. There was yeah. this one guy who tried to convince the teacher that I climbed up on the windows, like our windows had grills and they were super high. So there was a, he was like. Trying to convince the teacher that I climbed up the window grill. Sure. Right? And the teacher was just like, Sarah? Of course not. Of course not. Have you seen her weight? <laughs> and so then he was like, ask her. So she asked me and she was like, did you climb up? I had. I had climbed up. And I looked straight at him and I was like, why would you accuse me of this? <laughs> First of all, there was nothing in it for him. Why was he doing this? And I didn't like him either. So. Did that was you the feel that you were... A terrible kind person? of no. Well, that's I, my question was past tense, so <laughs> you were trying to answer it because trying to say that it was it's in the past. No, but the do you think that there was a certain point where you realized that I'm going to show people what they need to see, or I'm going to only show them a limited side of me, and then there's the real one inside, and there's the they are people don't really see. But isn't it true for everyone? I mean, we, yes, that's true. But Nobody shows I think you, everyone their entirety. I think, I think people who try to tell stories, for them, this, the part where they actually start telling stories is because they kind of have done this for too long. Basically. So it's like, mm, it's simply because too many people wanted me to be too many things. So I yeah. gave them what they wanted. You want a person who has straight A's? Fine. There you go, straight A's. You want a person who's participating in everything? There you go. You want a person who leads you and is... You you want somebody to be offered to you? Yeah. That, I'm your person. Because in every class, you need like a person who you can like pin everything bad upon, right? So yeah. you can just look at them and be like, yes, that person, she's so savage. She totally hurt me. They, for some reason... Even after like I tried being nice to people, there used to be people, I was just like, sort of like, when, when you're like looking around and just thinking, right, so you sort of zone out. So when I was zoning out and just accidentally looking in their direction, they would start apologizing to me. Because they're projecting what they think. Yeah, precisely. That you're thinking yeah. on you. And I'm like, uh, you're not important enough. So you kind of created like a franchised personality that you don't even have to invest in showing that personality basically people just hear stories about it or have this thing they're like oh that's what that's who she is yeah how did that how do you feel about this thing now though because now you're outside of that environment like school's over for you people are still scared of me (laughs) who is scared of you no they are like Generally intimidated, like the first time, because the other day I did an interview, not yours, another one, and the interviewer called me up later and she was like, you're like a hella confident girl. And I was like, mm-hmm. tell me more. Because I project confidence, it's true. Yeah. I don't know if I feel it, but I can definitely act confident. I think, yeah, if you know how to act, then you can get away with pretty much anything. We all need something to to feel a place to feel safe, despite how we feel about the world in our day. There's 
it's better if we find a place to feel safe. And that's the kind of environment that I've always hoped to create, like with the concept of Launchora, like no matter what goes on in your day, no matter what's going on in your life, you either come here to escape it by reading other, about other people's stories or you come here to share it, to process your day and maybe make something negative turn into a positive by, you know, helping someone else think through it just getting it out like so i think that's kind of why people are drawn to the idea of of sharing stories anyway because that's in this why. disconnected world it's a way to still feel connected yeah that's sort of why i wrote uh, about depression i didn't particularly want to write about it since there's already so much about yeah. it online right but like no depressed two depressed people are the same just like you know i don't know i haven't met any other one <laughs> I just wanted them to know that if you feel like crap and you think you feel like crap because there's something really wrong with you then please go to her doctor and have them check it out because there's pro- there probably is something really wrong with you do not listen to people who are like oh my god you're so lazy or just like yeah mm. yeah it's okay it's teenage angst it isn't i'm telling you there's something wrong with me and i'm right yeah so that's that that's all i just that's all i wanted to say but i was like if i say it with no context yeah they won't know where i'm coming from and i'm coming from a place where i'm like ah, if only i had my own car <laughs> but do you think that would actually wouldn't then be there be something else that you would say if only i had this yeah but i can't have my own car even if i had my own car i don't want to drive around in a 100 how heavy is a car a 10 ton 100 ton no yeah, okay, not, no car is 100 tons <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a heavy car. That'd, that'd be a, a truck. That'd be a truck. Maybe more. Maybe a tank. <laughs> <laughs> But a tank is a great representation of the protection that people put around themselves in terms of their personality. True. We travel in a tank and we try to hit each other with our tanks. But here's the thing: What if I wear my personality on my sleeve? How will you tell the difference between whether? what i'm projecting is the real me or if it's simply what i want you to see because most people are used to dealing with two versions of a person right yeah. the person there's an present. assumption that of course she's yeah. not being truthful yeah precisely i think you would i tend to be very optimistic in those things because optimism is usually the ha- it makes me happier at the end of the day i would say that you may not there's a there's a saying and uh, so i'm going to say it but it's one of my favorite lines of dialogue ever written uh there's this guy from a tv show context doesn't matter but he's talking to a guy who's a criminal in this scenario and the guy's a cop and he says and the criminal's like why are you always after me like what did i do wrong because that's what criminals would think sometimes that i'm just mm-hmm. society you know i'm just pushed away from society and that's why i turn to crime mm-hmm. i'm not a bad person Mm-hmm. So this cop tells him in like a southern american accent that you know if you run into an asshole in the morning you run into an asshole you run into assholes all day you're the asshole so i try not to be an asshole and if applying that to the context of what you were talking about i think that what you would end up doing if you did put your personality and literally you know live exactly as you are no filter 
you will piss off a lot of people. You will definitely piss off a lot of people, but you will piss off the people that don't matter in the long term. I think eventually, that's where the optimism comes in. Eventually, you'll run to someone who will be like, could this just be who she really is? And then they can trust you. Because trust is like, the more angry someone is, the more trust issues they have. You know, I think so. If someone is projecting that they are just not interested in your, like the way you act or the way you behave, that means they just have a lot of issues of their own. And until they deal with them, there's no way you can be, there's no way either of you can be valuable to each other as friends or, or family. That's or, what it or comes everything. down to the end of the day, doesn't it? Yeah. Value. I understand Completely. value. How, does it, how do you see uh, you growing as, not only as a writer, but are you, is there any specific thing that you want to work on as you work on this skill? Well, it's pretty rare for me to interact on a platform. It's easier talking to people who post on the garage because you know that they want help. So you don't feel so bad about like saying something like, hey, you could, right. hey, I'd like to read more of this. But right. if it's just like, so I read everything posted on the garage. And since I've started working, I've read everything. Yeah. But not the ones that were more than four days old because I was like, I'll, I'll get to you. I'll yeah. Get later. Yeah. Yeah. So... Those ones are easier and it's generally because they choose what they want help with, right? So it's like title suggestions, plot development and you're like, fine, I can do this. Yeah. But then with people who just post in general and you look at their stories up in the recents, it's like, I liked your story, but I think you could sort of work on that bit, but, you, but I don't know how to say it sure. lightly yeah. yes, without sounding like a busybody. Yeah, because you don't know if they... It's hard to hmm. offer help to someone who doesn't know that they need help. Hmm. Yeah, that's why the garage is, is, for me, it's very important just because hmm. it gives people, uh, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with asking for help hmm, hmm, hmm. and it's less uh, intimidating because so many people, I think, they, they share a story but they're still shy about hmm. the whole thing and it's hmm. so vulnerable to be sharing something about your life or trying to write tried poetry for the first time. I think it's it's that's the whole idea of keeping it as a like anyone can help anyone anyone can write anyone can help anyone and it's because it's all everyone's an equal in the community like I'm an equal member just like you are and just like anyone else is it's nice for, because most of the time they reply to the comments right yeah even just a simple comment I'm like wow they acknowledged me I exist because the, at the end of the day I think therefore I am it's yeah. all well and good in practice except what if I don't want to constantly think that's the thing with me I can't stop thinking so they call it anxiety I call it I can't stop it thinking because yeah. anxiety sounds like I'm worried all the time I'm not worried all the time I'm just thinking yeah. but I don't constantly want to think so does that translate into I don't constantly want to be but, but then you've got to consider yoga or alcohol or drugs because when people are indulging in those they're definitely trying to achieve a state of meditation where they aren't thinking so yeah. is this need for not being a universal need that people just don't recognize or am I an idiot and it could go either be here so but it's not like I don't want to exist so it's nice when people are like oh thanks for your comment I'm like see I still exist even if I'm not thinking right I'm still alive what I'm really um, interested in when I talk to young writers is 
there is really no rule book about what kind of storyteller you have to be these days. It's not like you mm-hmm. have to be... Ten years ago, if you told someone you were a writer, they assumed that you're a novelist or you're trying to be a, you're a struggling novelist. These days, you can be someone who writes tweets every day and you can be like, I'm a writer. You know? And some people like comedians work with social media. They post like one-minute videos on YouTube. Mm. There's, there's YouTube stars... Mm. who literally just tell stories about their life and mm. that's and they're they're storytellers mm-hmm. so now that i've given you all this pressure that you could be any kind of storyteller how do you feel about what journey you're on like are you despite whatever pressures you get from your 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 real life the life you have to live when you're not writing or reading if it was up to you, like, where do you really want to take this? What do you want to do with this, this skill of, of being a storyteller? Mm, that's a very, very difficult question. It's my job to ask <laughs> difficult questions. <laughs> that's fair, I it's suppose. It's not called the Easy Talking Podcast. It's called Wait, the Story Talking called, Podcast. Okay. <laughs> the Easy Talking Podcast. The Story Talking what would I like to do? I just like to tell stories. This, I'm 18. We don't need to have plans. It's not sure, a Sure, yeah. The world could end like in a couple of years. The world could end tomorrow for all we know. Or a couple of years. See, this is where the optimism comes in. <laughs> sure. Isn't optimism supposed to be the world will last for another billion years with no global warming and we'll all just... Well, the sun will die in five billion years, so there is no end. Like, optimism has to have an end to it. There's an end game. I'm not going to be optimistic after I die. (laughs) My optimism dies with me. So I don't care about a billion years from now. (laughs) But no, yes, you're right. If you're 18, you don't have to have a plan. I'm not talking about a plan. I'm talking about... But the... How do you feel about the... Dealing with whatever you're dealing with and still... uh, Finding a way to... Tell people about things that are not related to this at all. Like when you're writing, it's not like a Mm. depressed person is telling fiction. That's not who you are. Mm-hmm. So how, how do you, how are you able to make sure that that's not something? Because, I mean, by talking about it, by publishing a story about it, it's always going to be like, yeah, oh, exactly. she's the girl who wrote that. Yeah, that that's, also, that's another reason, because it's always going to be, right, so she has depression, doesn't she? No wonder she wrote this. No, 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 my characters aren't sad because I'm sad. My characters were sad before I was sad, and yeah. they weren't even there yet. <laughs> Yeah, your characters can be anything. Yeah, precisely. So, I might delete it at some point, maybe. We can delete stuff, right? Another user user question? Yes, you can delete stories. But you can also update them. Yeah, so maybe you can update and be like, guys, please, this is fiction. <laughs> Just like everything else I write. Did I convince you? <laughs> Was I able to convince you that, I saw, that I'm, I'm feeling depressed? Yeah, I'm not actually depressed. I'm just a psychopath <laughs> who wanted to play with your feelings and confuse you. Uh, that was way too convincing. That is also that is also something I'm worried about happens a lot on social media when people are able to know that they can get attention by saying certain things. I think some people are possibly also taking advantage of it. But sometimes it's super obvious, isn't it? Sometimes like, 
if you don't talk to me i will do this i was like Fine. yeah go right ahead south park have you heard of south park yep. yeah they did an episode just like a couple of weeks ago about the main well one of the main guys cartman who is an extremely selfish uh psychopath and he it was great commentary because it was, it was i mean that sh- entire show is built on satire and he talked about how his character says i'm going to kill myself unless people pay more attention to teen so to suicides <laughs> and he kept on taking it to a level where he's like some actual kid was said that you know uh i'm going to kill myself he's like no no don't pay attention to him i'm the one who is going to kill himself if if you, we don't talk about suicide and the entire time he's all about taking attention and making it about him then the actual thing and in the end like he walks out of the episode and he's like guys i think i've i've realized that i'm not going to do it because obviously he's not going to do it <laughs> the now the story that we're featuring uh in the winter issue that you wrote is called mayday yep now okay and i want to know to you what is that story really about what is this so at least three paragraphs in that story were what i felt on a particular day it worked out finally it wasn't supposed to it just mm-hmm. worked out mm, i think the last three paragraphs right the last three paragraphs or so so they, those were journal entries right yeah i didn't change them i just copied and pasted them right met the word requirement too mm-hmm. and the other stuff this is things that uh, picked up on so some were just directly things you wrote just yeah. on a on about your life just at the yeah. end of the day hmm. where did the the fictional stuff come then what fictional stuff how did well your story is a little it's either psychological or supernatural depending on how people perceive the idea of true, either true true because there's may and then there's the narrator and you're the narrator because you were born in april and may yeah. was born in may right and may is not really real unless we live in a world where may like this is all part of may's you know what she's going through and she's in a mental institution <laughs> is may in the men- mental institution by the end of the story I don't think so. Because your story is not linear either. No, it isn't. Yeah. The, that was oh, so that bit of the story where it starts hopping around. That was uh, when I first discovered um, the concept of how great non-linear stories are. Sure. I mean, all stories are somewhat non-linear because who wants a perfectly linear story? In yeah. Way, right. But there I was this linear stories. <laughs> really perfectly <laughs> linear. Pretty much, I read real time. Like my stories take place. They don't over. have flashbacks and stuff. No. Nothing. No. So how do you give character information? Would they talk? Yeah, they I tell each other. My 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 stories are all dialogue. I've never described oh, what okay. a sofa looks like. Okay, I'm not great at dialogue. Can't even yeah. describe color beyond saying that it was blue. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, yeah, that's so how probably did, a good description. Yeah. So I remember it's reading enough. this. Yeah. It, it tells me that yeah. the color was blue. Yeah. We get to the point. Exactly. Like, I remember reading on. this one book. It was like where the author mentioned that the book was not linear. I was like, I really like the book, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try and do something like this. So then I started writing a non-linear bit. 
except that didn't have a beginning or an end yeah it didn't it was just nonlinear and then i was writing may and three four paragraphs and i was like hey that one thing i wrote that time yeah. i think i could copy paste it and get away with it <laughs> i guess i got away with it but i for me i think the story is a is about not following anything it's about first of all as as a as a piece of writing it doesn't follow any rules really the only rule it follows is that it's going to it's a story and that it's not badly written true but that's For not sure. but that's not a standard yeah you know that's just what people have agreed that maybe we should make words make sense together mm-hmm. and besides that i think as for the reader i think it's about letting you know from the beginning that this is not like something that you're used to reading and that itself reveals a little bit about the writer to me because it tells me that you're telling me that if i'm not paying attention i should be basically yeah but then again attention is important to me i completely agree if i can't have your attention then why are we here precisely yeah i don't understand so mm the people who are like wow you're so lonely and i'm i just look them in the eye and like yes yes i am what are you going to do about it and then they they just they just baffled because yeah, not can't. only am i admitting i'm lonely they have realized that they can't do anything about it and that yeah. makes them feel terrible and it's great feel terrible for being a terrible person anyway but people don't want to feel terrible that's so they they want to feel good that's why they say things but when you give them that answer they're like no 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 i was i was being the good person by telling you that maybe you should do something about it i'm not going to do anything about it i'm not the one who's lonely <laughs> but they probably are everyone is yeah well yeah because we're we're one human body we're not attached to something else the only conscious decisions i made in the story were including the nonlinear timeline trying to meet the word limit and the unreliable nar- narrator that's all one thing that i've tried to do with the with each person on the podcast is have them finish the podcast by sharing what they would like to either give as a message to others like them who are listening to this and usually ask people imagine yourselves as like a 13 14 15 year old and if you were listening to this what would you have like to have heard as a message or a piece of advice about how not just obviously it can be related to how to find their creativity and how to ex- express it but it can be anything you want too as a 13 14 year old a younger version of you someone who might be like you listening to this don't be angry so much hmm. that's terrible english right there yeah isn't it but don't mm. care so much about your english too then if you're angry maybe that's more important mm, i don't know when i was 13 14 15 i i don't like who i was when i was 14 that wasn't a good year i like who i was when i was 15 i think that's the last year i liked myself sort of but i remember when things got really bad right before so we have these like 10th grade exams here and they're like a huge deal i was there yeah oh you were there yeah yeah so i got great grades brilliant 
absolutely golden but while preparing for them mm, i was super stressed and for some reason people have this whole oh right so what are you stressed about it's either because they like why you already scored so well what are you stressed about oh you're so young what are you stressed about regardless of what i am i still feel these things please yeah. validate me right so i didn't have anyone to talk to so i remember uh, this one night when things got super bad so i went online and i searched for uh anyone to talk to online so like therapist and i remember finding this one person and he was like are you 18 and i was like uh, no i'm not 18 but i still need help can you help me and they were like we can't help you and i'm like wow okay so if i were to kill myself right now would you still say you can't help me i wasn't going to kill myself i'm way too rational for that like, like really i sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's like even when things got really bad my and I mean back to the extent where I used to wake up I used to have I used to have the choice between getting up and eating something like normal people or going back to sleep I would choose going back to sleep so and then the like days would pass and I would be like oh I haven't eaten anything and mm-hmm. haven't had any water and I was like yeah that's a terrible way to live I don't recommend that yeah so even then i wasn't like you know what i think i sh- i think i'm just off myself <laughs> i remember thinking maybe i should but i don't ever i wasn't ever going to do anything i couldn't figure out how to do it without you know just hurting everything i'm related to okay yeah basically if there was some option where you could just be like stop existing for a little while and it didn't have like a ripple effect you just sort of sort of like, like what hermione did with her parents Yeah. I do that. I haven't read the books but I know everything about the stories and I mean everything. Okay. Yeah, so um just find somebody to talk to I guess. I used to talk to um, I don't know what should be a message for 13, 14, 15 year olds. How about how if they are feeling this way? How oh, can okay. they how can they express it, channel it? and make something positive out of it express it channel it and make something i mean if they are on launch or they are already halfway there on there yeah i hope so yeah. i hope that no one's not expressing something that they i think i think eventually because hmm. we're full of so many people who hmm. are honest it brings out people eventually who are like okay maybe i'll also be honest hmm. plus there's always the fact that the person reading has no preconceived notions about who you're supposed to be so you can yeah. be anyone yeah so that's always there no no 13 14 15 16 17 18 18 well you just make it to 18 you yeah <laughs> that's what i tell them just make it to 18 it doesn't get better but you'll get better at dealing with it that's good i like that it's right. a good closer Isn't it? Yeah, I like it that you were just yelling at the end of it. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. Thank you for listening to episode 10 of Story Talking. And if you have if you haven't already, do check out Big Name's guide which is called Don't Be Afraid of the Blank Page. And next week my guest will be Arman Kapoor, a short story writer, poet, novelist, and If you haven't already, do check out last week's episode with Elsie Jurette.